Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a little bonus episode. Uh, today, we are going to be doing the best RPG bookshelf draft. I get to be your commissioner or host today. My name is Chris Berlew. Uh, you can hear me on the Redemption Podcast or over at the RPG Academy on several different things there. Uh, joining me, I've got three amazing people. Uh, I'll just go around the table and let you guys introduce yourself, and I'll, I'll start right at uh, going clockwise around my screen. I have Lee Niqua. Please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Lee Wanika. I'm one of the three co-hosts on Tabletop Journeys. We're an RPG podcast where we discuss tips, tools, techniques, and just I'm here for the books. I'm here for the game systems. I am ready for this. I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, I had a towel around my neck all day, and I'm, I'm, I'm just ready to go. I'm getting in. Awesome. Let's do it. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Uh, next on my list, I have Kevin. Please introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, doing some training as well. They just pulled me out of the freezer where I was bouncing around, punching on some meat as it was hanging. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm Kevin. I can be found online at Kevran Games. I am the host and the game master for the Game Night Heroes podcast, which is an audio podcast, which is just starting to branch out into live streaming. But we do narrative play stuff, including something that was recently on RPG Academy. Well, pretty fun stuff. But uh, I'm also here for the books and here for the fun. And uh, yeah, I'm going to... May the best uh, drafter win. I'm excited to see. And uh, last but not least, um, your name is, uh, oh, I got it on my sheet, Michael. Got it. Please introduce yourself. So it is actually least also. I am Michael. I am the host of the RPG Academy podcast in many, if not all of its various forms. And I am absolutely thrilled to be here. I, I think we've assembled an amazing group of game masters, podcasters, and we are going to try to decide definitively who can put together the best RPG bookshelf, but we don't get to decide that. That will be you, dear listener. So at the end of this, we will put out a poll on all of our Twitter feeds and you will get to vote to see who actually put it together. And what is the thing? Imitation is, a, is the greatest form of flattery. I am absolutely stealing this entire conceit from one of my favorite podcasts, Trial by Content. So for anybody that hasn't ever heard of a draft like this, uh, we are going to be doing a snake draft. So what that means is here in a couple minutes, I'm going to roll a die to see who gets the first pick. Then I'll roll a die to see who gets the second pick and the third pick. If you have the first pick in the first round, you actually get the last pick in the second round. If you have the last pick in the first round, you're going to have the first pick in the second round. And it'll just keep snaking around like that. Uh, we have six categories that we're going to be filling our teams with. Uh, the first is what we're calling the cornerstone games. Those are our big name games, the the D&D, the Pathfinder, etc. Uh, next, we have what we call the contenders. These are the ones that could become the next cornerstones. Then we have everybody's favorites, our indie darlings. Then you have uh, any kind of genre that you want to throw in there. We've got two spots for actual genres. And the last category is our wild card. So as we pick these, you're going to pick one that fits each category. You cannot duplicate a category. So if you've already done a cornerstone, you cannot pick another cornerstone. You've got to pick another one. Now, the wild card can actually be any category. So technically, you could duplicate a category with that, but you use your wild card in that spot. Does that make sense to you guys? Sure. Sounds good. Let's do, do it. it. Do it. Perfect. We're going to set a timer here in a second. We're going to have two minutes per pick. Uh, we're going to just have you guys send me your picks, and then I will announce it kind of like an a professional sports yeah. ball team draft uh, type thing. So 
Sports ball. Started. Sports ball <laughs> is a ball. Is that like a die? I mean, <laughs> I think it, it is, but it just doesn't have corners, so it doesn't stop oh, okay. very well. Okay. It's kind of like a D eight. Like if you could spiral a D eight, it's kind of like a football. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. So I'm gonna roll a die here with the first pick in the 2023 Best RPG Bookshelf Draft. Lee Winika. You are on the oh. clock. You have two Ooh. minutes to send me your pick. Do, 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 All right, Michael, do, Kevin, what are your do, thoughts? Where's he going to go I'm, with it? I'm nervous. Uh, I have a feeling Lee Winika's going to start off. I have a feeling he's going to start off with his cornerstone pick. Yeah, I feel like cornerstone's the way to go. You got the first draft, first pick. It's got to be big because yeah. this is what everyone wants. That's it. You got to go big or go home on this move. This could really shake up his entire defense. <laughs> So what are, what are your thoughts on some of your strategies? Are you going to go big to begin with? Are you going to try to sneak something in that nobody's expecting? I've got some good ideas. I have a couple uh, secret weapon picks that are coming up. Uh, I actually did not anticipate getting the first round, so I'm not sure if this is going to be the boldest move. It's a solid move. I think I'm gonna. I think we're going to find that uh, when 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 my pick kind of comes in, that it's going to be uh, on point. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of argument about this. Going with GURPS. Bold strategy, Cotton. See how it works out for you. (laughs) You're killing me, Smalls. (laughs) All right. Well, the pick is in. And with the first pick in our 2023 Best RPG Bookshelf Draft, Liwanika has picked one of the cornerstones. And he has picked Dungeons & Dragons, 3rd edition slash 3.5, because we're combining Ooh, those two. Bold, bold move. Wow, deep. that is a bold choice. Yeah. Are you pandering to the grognards for the populist vote? What's going on here? Look, for, for players of a certain age, other things may have caught our eye. Other things may have got us in. But honestly, this was the game for a lot of us that brought us back to the table uh, when uh, either... When, when 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 college was just was just wrapping up or other things and there were a lot of fancy games but this was the game where it's like you know i could build something with this this is where you started playing around with uh creating um like building like uh, when i the first time i ever started building classes uh truly looking at how to craft a spell looking at uh what's a good way to build a faction or, and I would was doing that through the prestige classes. Um, it was always three point third edition. Uh, you know, the longest running campaign world I've ever been a part of. In fact, I'm still playing in that campaign world today. Two different campaigns are running today. They're both streamed live started, uh, back in that day. And while it was, it actually started with second edition, but very quickly went into third edition when it came out. And that's really where that campaign blew up. That's when it went off the, off the chain. Mm. And I, I, I just can't say enough about it. It is a little challenging to run as a GM, but it is never not fun for a player. Like I find it harder to create encounters and stuff, uh, as, as a GM for, for 3.5 than say, fifth edition and, and many other games and, and game systems. But a, as a player, I could knock out 3.5 any day of the week and be very happy. And the amount of splat books and lore and, and things that came out for it, not just official, but through Cobalt and Pat Paizo and Pat, uh, all the other, uh, all the other things was just 
there's no end of ways to uh, make this your own. Um, I love it. See, I, I believe everything you're saying, but I also secretly think that you figure anyone who's older than 3.5 is too old to be on TikTok. Anyone who would go to fifth edition is too young, or excuse me, for Twitter, too, too young, they're all on TikTok, and you're pandering to those of us who are still on Twitter. If, in fact, that's the case, and I'm not saying that it is or it isn't, <laughs> that's why I got the first pick. Okay. Sorry, I sneaked your choice. Well, you know, third edition <laughs> is a bold choice, but you know, you got to keep in mind though. It's surprising that most of us who have played in third edition are not these big Arnold Schwarzenegger sized guys lugging around all those books. You know, I can remember having the double bag <laughs> full of the entire library every time you had to go to your buddy's house. And man, that's that's a bold, bold thing to be carrying around with you. But you know, the books yeah. are beautiful though. All those original ones have the Todd Lockwood art inside, and mm. those really cool, like carved covers that they had on the front like yeah. uh, oh they were they were awesome they're gorgeous and by the way all of us who did carry those books we all have uh at least slight back pain <laughs> oh yeah. There's, little, yeah there's a little bit of haunch in our walk yeah if 3.0 <laughs> was your first edition drink your water take your meds yeah. get a good night's sleep yeah nice, yeah nice. absolutely yeah we, we salute your sciatica fellow gamer <laughs> <laughs> safe to say that most of us didn't start with 3.5 <laughs> uh fair fair <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's find out who's next to pick. The die says the second pick in our 2023 Best RPG Bookshelf Draft goes to Kevin. You are on Ooh. the clock with two minutes. So I'm maybe right in the middle for the whole yeah. draft, right? Because it's a yeah. snake yep. draft. Yes, you are. Oh, my, awesome. my, 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 my. Some would say that's actually the the best position to be in it can be you know what? I, I think I, it's gonna be because i'm gonna be able to kind of see what's going on i'm gonna be able to watch your reactions while you guys are taking double turns i'm gonna be able yeah. to see exactly what's coming out yeah see i i never would have picked i, I the three 3.5 very first pick is wild to me so i'm just curious on how that's going to adjust kevin's decision here yeah. not that i know what he would have picked anyways but i'm just curious is it going to be cornerstone i will say it uh, it did affect it. Yeah, definitely mine too. Like I, I may not even go cornerstone first pick. Depending on what you do here, I may I may pick. A, I'm, I'm safe. It, well, I de I definitely did not anticipate going first. I will say mm -hmm. that. So this is kind of like me taking a pick kind of a little earlier in the draft than I probably could have or should have. But I made the decision to stick with it simply because chaos. <laughs> I. I, I <laughs> I wanted to take everybody off their game, so we'll see if that's a, if that's going to be the winning strategy. mission accomplished, sir. Yeah, it, it was a it was a surprising start. Let's see if I can shake it up with my yeah. little bit of my playful uh, counterattack here. I, I did get a quick message here. I'll, I'll read this. It says uh, this is from Ed Two N D Lewanika. We spent so many years together. How could you go with my younger brother? Ooh. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what, Ed? I, two people got their hearts broken last time you guys broke up. You know, just move on. You know. It. You know, we went to the dance together. <laughs> but it was beautiful. But it, 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 it was a great. We had that moment. But uh, you know, you got to move on. I'm sorry, Ed. I'm sorry, Ed. I, I... The timer's gone off, and the second pick is in of our 2023 Best RPG Bookshelf Draft. 
Kevin has gone into the cornerstone category and chosen D&D 5th edition. I mean, that's that's the easy choice, right? Yeah. That's right. You know, I got to be honest. Uh, I decided to go big and uh, to go with one that is, of course, you know, on to- everyone's topic right now. Fifth edition. I can be honestly say that uh, you know I didn't start with fifth edition. I started back with second edition back in the day. Um, I also have you know back problems from playing third edition for forever and a half. But fifth edition to me is is a great system because. It's so accessible. You don't have to have six million books to play. You don't have to have a whole bunch of lore under your belt. It was kind of what I like to call a little bit of a, uh, like a retcon, a little bit of a, a reset, I guess you could say, for the uh, for the lore, for the system. But it still had those elements for people who do want to be coming from older editions, can still have those Easter eggs dipped into mm-hmm. everything. Uh, the fifth edition rule set just really fits that nice crunch amount that I like. It has rules, so you feel like you're playing a game, but it's not so crunchy that you feel like you can't get through it and you got to, you know, drink six glasses of milk before it dissolves, you know. You're able to really, really just play. Um, And it has a lot more narrative accessibility because you're not weighed down in a rule book the whole time. So, sounds like a breath of fresh air for you. Yeah, I, I personally, I like it. I like it a lot. Like I say, it really, it really caters to what I need out of a game. I mean, is it uh, my favorite role playing game of all time? No, 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 no. But I will say, for D and D, it's the one that I'm going to use and uh, the one I'm going to kind of have going forward. It's what I, I think. It's just, it's got to be there. I mean, until sixth edition comes out, or sorry, D and D one. Well, I, I don't know. I, mean, I think I'm going to stand by what I said, but we'll see. We'll see when one D and D comes out. We'll, uh, we'll see what's going on. All right. There's Sounds a lot of good. play tests left to go, and uh, I, I am hopeful that feedback will alter the things I don't care for and keep the things I do. Remains to be seen, but uh, I am hopeful. All right. No secret, the third pick of our 2023 Best RPG Bookshelf Draft goes to Michael. You're on the clock. All right, so my strategy is definitely already out the window. I'm having a to reevaluate on the fly, I got two picks in a row, so I've got to try to figure out the best way to, to you know, economically hit mm-hmm. both of these. Absolutely. But I, I think I think I've got a plan. I think I've got it figured out. Yep. Yep. He's going to pick I, uh, the cornerstone, fatal. Oh wait, no, he's not going to pick that. I, I, there's a book in the corner that's waving, hoping that he gets picked and doesn't cry for the third time in a row. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't think he's picking that book, Chris. I, I, I think he's he's going to surprise us. I don't I think, think he'll save that one for the wild on card. I bet he's pulling a wild card. I bet he's going to just knock our socks off with something that we are just not expecting, and it's going to really just kind of make him and his horse take a lead here, I bet. We'll see. Well, we didn't need the full two minutes because the pick is in. The yep. third pick in our 2023 Best RPG Bookshelf Draft. Michael has dipped into our contender category and picked Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. Oh, that was so right. my pick for the contender, baby. Yep. Oh, yep, good. man, oh, man. It's, it's great. It, it is absolutely, it's an amazing game. It is. It's got so much support. Uh, the, the publisher, uh, Peg, is so great about the licensing. You have so many different, these ace like third-party publishers 
any trapping you want. You think of a setting, there's probably either official content or unofficial content out there. The game lives up to its its tagline of fast, fun, and furious. Uh, it's simple to run, simple to play. It has some innovative card-based mechanics as a poker player. I do love using cards. It also has a step-up die mechanic, which I think is very fun. And the D12 is technically the highest die you can roll in the game, which gives it 20 double bonus extra points for me. Um, and I'm also going to be starting a Savage World stream here pretty soon called Finders Keepers. Plug, plug. Uh, <laughs> can't go wrong with Savage World, and I think the Adventure Edition is the ultimate version of that game. It's a ton of fun. I totally agree with you. Totally agree. Everything you just so, said. I really love that pick. Um, Step-up dice are great mechanics. Um, I I think anything that has that kind of flair, that kind of uh, fluidity across genres uh, with official and unofficial and is supported by uh, official content, hear that everybody in the business world. If you support that unofficial content, it does make your game better and it brings more notice to your game. Uh, So you cures a lot of ills if people just hear about your game and love playing it. That's so it. Yep. Um, that's all I'll say about that. But uh, I do love <laughs> that pick. That's a good pick. That is. That's a great pick. Absolutely. Do you love it or hate it? Ooh, yeah. So I love it because here's <laughs> – I've, I've listened to a lot of your shows, Michael, where you've talked about it and, uh, and uh, played it, and I've seen – I've heard some actual plays of it, so it's something I'm very interested in. It is not a game I've personally played, so I wouldn't put it on my sh- on my best of shelf because I don't have that personal bit of experience with it just yet. It is, yeah. however, on that list that I want to get to. Uh, I'm sorry, totally off topic, but let's get you in a game, buddy. Let's jump on our Discord. Yeah, let's yeah, let's, let's get a Savage yeah. Word one shot together. Yeah. That said. Uh, when it's my turn again, you're go- all uh, everybody listening to this will call me a liar because my next pick is a game I have not played yet, but I oh. play on I play on Sunday. That might be a giveaway Ooh. to anybody who knows oh, what I think, I'm doing. Yeah, I but... think I know what it is then. Yeah. But... All right. Top of the second round, Michael. You're on the clock. Yeah. See, this is where things get scary. I get two in a row, yeah. but then I got to sit back and wait for a while. Mm-hmm. So where do I go next? I mean, I, I think honestly, I think right now I'm winning. I think Savage Worlds first That's round. A great I think choice. I've got it. I got a choice. We'll so see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride in head high, full confidence. I'm going with, as I type it in here. Yeah. Ooh, the anticipation. I know I'm sweating over here. Feel it building. I am too, but that's because I'm in a closet with the door closed. It's getting really <laughs> warm in here. Temperature's fine where I'm at. <laughs> I'm cool as a cucumber. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, the, the pick is in. Well, that was quick. Uh, he, he's ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the second round first pick, Michael has picked from the category our indie darling, Ooh. Dread. Oh, yes. The best one-shot horror RPG I have ever played. It is absolutely, I've never, ever had a bad experience playing Dread. None. Just Cross the board, every time I've played it, every time I've ran it, it's a top-level game. And not only does it as horror exceptionally well, it can also do comedy, because my Scooby-Doo Dread game has been a highlight of a Catacon and Gen Con for like five years running, and I've never had a bad experience with that either. I think it is a just a cornerstone of intuitive or in, ingenious mechanics. And by the way, it's been around long enough, people kind of get it, but at the time when this was first came out, like this is a game 
If no one's ever role played before, you can teach them how to role play. All you got to do is tell me what you want to do and pull a brick. And if it works, if, it, if you do successfully, you do, you do the thing. It's built around slasher films, horror films. You know, not everyone's going to survive. The tower gets wonky. You get dreadful. It's a beautiful system all around. And I think it's one of the, when I think of Indie Darling, that's actually one of the first games I think about. I really like that pick, and if for no other reason, because I want you to add some kind of superhero sci-fi to it so I can play Dino Mutt. <laughs> <laughs> because that, to me, would be great. Okay, boss. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure you could twist his arm and make it work. But, yeah. uh, oh, Dread is. Oh, Dread is awesome. Awesome. Great game. I love it. I used to, I used to play one with my home group every Halloween. And uh, yeah, it's people who have never even played before would sit down and I'm not even talking 10 minutes in. Everybody is freaked out and rooting for each other. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great game. I love it. I love it. Brilliant. Awesome. Let's jump into our second pick in the second round. Kevin, you're on the clock. Ooh, that is me. Okay. 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 No pressure. No pressure. The world's I mean, watching. Just, I've crushed it two in a row, so yeah. all's in your court, sir. It's another sports ball reference for those that are keeping track. We're up to two. Because the D12 is a lot track. like a softball. One could argue basketball, but it comes like the D20 is the basketball of the polyhedrals, so the D12 has to be smaller. Maybe volleyball. It's, a, it's the volleyball. Yeah, volleyball. How many sides are on a soccer ball? I have no idea. Neither do I. I played soccer for a whole lot of years, varsity letter, the whole bit, and I got to tell you, never counted it. (laughs) Never that bored, huh? And I've been plenty bored in my life. (laughs) Never that bored. Like, there's always something I could do, like, you know, sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Sleeping's the best. I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) And then you had a kid. Right. Let's the the second pick is in in the second round. Kevin has dove into our first genre category. Ooh. He's gone in the genre with superheroes, mm. picking the ever popular mutants and masterminds. Oh, oh yes. Nice. The, there can be only one. There are so many great superhero games out there. I mean, there's Hero, there's uh, Icons, there's Silver Age Sentinels, so many great ones. But for me, Mutants and Masterminds, it's the one that I first cut my teeth on being able to play superheroes. I've been a superhero nut ever since I was a little guy. I was telling these gentlemen before we got on the air here that I used to tell people when I was going to grow up, I was going to be Superman before I realized that was not a possibility. So... Superheroes are like in my blood. And I got to say, Mutants and Masterminds is amazing because it is a system that allows you to literally make anything you want to make as a superhero. And you can play it. The It takes a little bit of time to build your character, which is fine. A little bit of crunch there. But once you play, it's quick, it's easy, it's fast. Everything you need is right there at your fingertips. And it's, you, know, you can play four-color heroes. You can play Iron Age heroes that are gritty and dark and scary. You can do any kind of game you want. Um, you can even adapt it to play other genres, too. But for superheroes, to me... Uh, Mutants and Masterminds by Green Ronin is just the way to go. It's just, it's the best. There's tons of splat books too. Lots of ways to, lots of adventures, um, a great online support with the, uh, super link. So, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. Nice. Lots of nice. fun with it. 
I really love that pick. Um, it is not, however, my favorite Supers game. Okay. Um, so I like that pick, and I think it's very solid. I'm not going to give away my favorite Supers game because I actually have that in my back pocket in Ooh. case yeah. things I, I, things I have at least wonky. two Supers ahead of that one on my yeah. list as well. I mean, that that's that's on my list. Like, I actually yeah. had that in case the stuff I wanted got run down. But uh, uh, so I, And Superheroes is my second favorite genre. I say that all the yeah. time. Superheroes is my second favorite RPG genre. Mutants and Mastermind is not, not on my top two, probably not even my top five. Interesting. One Very of my first first role playing experiences with with a superhero game. Yeah. Not to say it's a bad pick, but I don't have a lot of experiences. No, Probably more, not. I just haven't played it enough to really love it. But yeah, I, I, I think there are some superior superhero games. But I know that is I not for us to decide tonight. I, I, I have, know. Uh, I don't know. If this is one of your picks tonight, Michael. But I know what your favorite superhero game is because we've talked oh, about okay. it before. But uh, and, and well, I listen to your show. show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh, my favorite pick is a terrible game, and I will yes, not be choosing exactly. it on the draft tonight. Well, let's see how it plays out. Uh, yep. Let's get into the third pick of the second round. Lee Wanika, you are on the clock. Ooh, so not much changed in my strategy other than I thought originally we were just going to go down the list of our categories so and we kind of talked them. So, uh, which is why I started where I started. I probably would have started elsewhere had I figured that out, but I'm definitely going with... Uh, nice, nice. So you're going to switch it up? Yeah, I'm definitely going to step down my overall list, but it's definitely the game that I absolutely cannot lose. Like, I would be angry if uh, one of y'all snaked this one. So there's no no time like the present. It's important that we do this. I mean, we are in the age of this of this game, of this genre pick. Um, it is uh, all the things for me. It's it is the very first fandom I ever came into. Um, it is uh, so near and dear to me. It is a familial thing. Like it's my family's fandom. Uh, you know, uh, just I have so many positive stories about this one. Perfect. Well, the pick is in. Third pick of the second round. Uh, Lee Wanika has also dove into the genre category. Ooh. Jumping over into the Star Trek Adventures RPG Ooh. by Modifus Games. Modifus. Modifus. Somebody's dyslexia got it wrong. So <laughs> it's going to happen. Fear not. So, Fear not. Star Trek. Interesting. What? What is it yeah. about that one? Yeah. So here's what I got to say. First of all, uh, I will talk about the fandom and the genre. It is, like I said, thank you, sir. Yes. It's my baby. Uh, it is the first fandom I was ever in. Um, my mom went to school at Cornell University, and as a infant, she would take me to the student union every Saturday because we didn't even have a television when I was growing up, so she could watch Star Trek every Saturday night when it was on reruns. So to the point where I was actually listening to Star Trek in utero. <laughs> like she played Elvis and Zeppelin for me, and I and I, and I listened to Star Trek in utero. This is who I am as a being. Who's um, your captain? Uh, Choose the captain. Cisco. Cisco. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Uh, and I had to. And I. I came to that over a long period of time. I did not initially like DS9 until I watched it in order uh, and and binged it over the course of a couple weeks uh, or a couple months uh, a few years ago when uh, when it was on when it first came to Netflix. Uh, before then, it was a show I liked. 
ish, but it was not my favorite until I saw it in order and recognized the storytelling for what it is. You know, I say thank God for uh, DS9 because Ron Moore got Battlestar Galactica on the backs of that show, and Battlestar Galactica was off the chain. Oh, it's the greatest show ever put out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but. That's why I love that's that's why I love Star Trek, right? It's part of my family so much. My mom has been passed for a few years now, uh, about a year a year or two after my mom passed. Started reconnecting with some of her brothers and sisters, including her youngest sister, who's only a couple years older than I am, and uh, she's in Canada right now. And we were talking, and then she mentioned the fact that Star Trek is one of her favorite shows. So with an aunt that I had actually never met in person and only recently started connecting with, um, and her daughter, my cousin and her husband and her children, we share this bond, which is Star Trek. And it is a family thing. I can talk to almost anybody, almost anywhere in the world about Star Trek and they get where I'm coming from. They know who I am just by talking Star Trek. And I think that's awesome for, as a tabletop game, the 2d 20 system allows you to mirror the shows. There've been a lot of Star Trek games over the years and I have played every single one of them. I have loved for one reason or another, all of them, but none of them do what this game does, which is allow you to set up a television episode structure and make your tabletop game feel like the show. Everything else is bending D&D or other rule systems or rules type systems to uh, get a, uh, an adventure that happens to have Star Trek wrappings. This gets to the core of Star Trek. This really brings it, it, everything down to the life path, to the character generation, to the ship construction, to the feel of the mechanics is all in. Uh, Modifius, uh, they did a great job with this game. I'm, I'm, so proud that my show is going to be doing an actual play of this and airing it uh, in the near future. Like I can't like I'm giddy, giddy with 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 this game. Uh, I will say that Medivis's Star Trek was on my short list for genre. So you you have absolutely taken a pick that you may have lost had you waited on it. <laughs> mm. It's a great game. It was not on my list, but I could see how it easily could be. I, I also currently playing a game on it on an actual play, and it is a blast. Like you said, it really caters to that feel of star trek star trek is so unique and different because it's not like a typical role-playing game where we're gonna go fight and kill and steal some stuff you know you really you know you could have an entire session where you don't leave the bridge you can have an entire session where you're being diplomatic trying to you know help out some people on a planet without a, you know going against the prime directive it, it's it's a really really cool game and it's it's a lot of fun to play can't wait to hear your actual play man very good yeah. choice i i can completely relate with you. Uh, I grew up with a, a mother who also was a huge Star Trek fan. I mean, she still has Star Trek ornaments she buys every year. She has all sorts of uh, starships in her living room and a bookshelf. Um, and we had a, a unique up, or I had a kind of a unique upbringing with that because I was a huge Star Wars fan. She was a Star Trek fan. So people would always go, oh, house divided. Actually, it was the opposite. Yeah, I would sit down and watch Star Trek. She'd tell me why she liked it. She'd watch Star Wars with me, and I would tell her why I like it. But it wasn't, hey, my show is better than yours. It was, this is why I like it. And we got along. It was actually kind of a way for us to bond in a way. Absolutely. Uh, so I've watched a lot of the original, The Next Generation. Uh, Next Generation, I watched a lot of Deep Space Nine. Um, I've seen a lot of it. But we could go on for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, I believe the next pick is also mine. It is. So, it is. 
Let's jump into the third round of our 2023 Best RPG Bookshelf Draft. First pick goes right back to you, Limonika. Yeah, so I'm, I'm all in, and while I'm typing and getting ready to send this in, I will just say that my mom also loved Star Wars. She loved science fiction in general. In fact, uh, as a five-year-old, my mom camped out with me so we could see Star Wars on opening night in our local movie theater. So That's beautiful. Um, That's love I, right there. Like, I'm telling you what, the first time I said, Mom, I'm going to a Star Trek convention, and uh, she saw like the fact that I had a Star Trek uniform. Her only gripe with me is I didn't get her an Uhura uniform. Mm. <laughs> yes. So that I was. I mean, that, I can't blame her. her you were you know, wrong. Yeah. You know, I I was absolutely wrong. Now, to be fair, I did get my my uh, my baby brother an uh, uh, an ops or security uh, TNG style uniform. So, nice. uh, and there are that picture is on the internet, so it's there. <laughs> awesome. Well, your your pick is in. Yes. Third round. Oh, man. First pick. Lewanika has stayed in the genre category, oh. so this takes your second genre spot, and he has picked Everyday Heroes. Yeah, by, evil, by the Evil Genius Games. Yes. yes, great games. I love that one too. Yeah, so I was an early backer. I it was first day, uh, and unlike some of the Kickstarters where I can get in there, you know, uh, backer number forty-five or whatever, this game was so big that. I don't think I came in under 2000 or something like that first day. I mean, it was, it, it, it blew up. This game was, was awesome. Uh, they had me from the word jump when they said, uh, most of this team or the core of this team was the creators of the D20 modern game, which I owned, own every single book, uh, and, uh, played actually long after I stopped playing 3.5, um, and actually, have a campaign that I did there that I've transitioned, tried a couple other game systems with it. And I've been waiting for the last half a year or a year for this system to come out. So I can uh, bring up that campaign again and put it into this system. Um, you know, those folks really get the modern genre. Uh, and I know you did a, um, you did a review of this game a couple weeks ago, Michael. Uh, yes. And I loved your review of it. And uh, I was it, it, like, as always with your show, I'm talking like you can hear me. Um, <laughs> I have those parasocial relationships too. I know how they work. You know, so, but, uh, you know, I, I think that one of the coolest things about it are some of the, the, the ability to take this very familiar system, in this case 5e in the older system, D20 Modern, uh, so that it's easy for people to grab. All the reasons why, why Kevin uh, selected D&D 5e, it's accessible. It makes a modern game accessible. Um, and it's built in a way that allows a GM to make the game however he wants. Not every game has to include magic, but it's easy to put it in there because you have all this fantasy stuff. You just say, bam, here's your spell system. You're good. If, if that's what mm -hmm. you want to do, the fact that these guys went out and got all the licenses for all these great IPs means I have little rule sets and facets that I can put into the game world that I have, um, to make the kind of show that I want, the kind of, uh, of, of actual plays or whatever that I want to run. I want to run something like, you know, they don't have the IP, but I really want to run Nakatomi Towers. That, to me, is a classic adventure. I now have everything I need to be able to run that um, and and put that in. Uh, and I th and and take it to the next level. I guarantee you I can do better than the last Die Hard film with this game. 
sorry, not sorry. It's a pretty small <laughs> bar to jump, though. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised with Everyday Heroes. I I kind of reluctantly did the review. I kind of I, honestly I went into thinking uh, it's probably not going to be good. I may not even publish it because again we don't publish negative reviews at the academy, and I was surprised and pleasantly surprised at every turn with choices they made that when I got to the end, I'm like, these guys are evil geniuses because they made every right decision when they yep. could have made the wrong decision. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There are 15, 20 different ways they could have gone sideways and yep. they went the correct path. Yeah, they have a great team there. The uh, the Dave Scott, the guy who was involved, the guy who was at head of Evil Genius Games, he really put together, like you say, he took the time to work with the previous creators and really get their input, get input from current stuff that's in play. And what's really nice about Evil Genius Games, uh, I myself have experience. I uh, I did put it on my list because I thought it'd be a little bit of self pandering, but uh, I've played it on my <laughs> show. I uh, was kind of involved when it first started coming out, part of the play test and everything. It Same. Is, yeah, awesome. It's a very, very solid game, and it is. It's so much that we did. I mean, we, it, it's it's a cool game. It's really nice, and it has, like you said, it has that base that people who, uh, you know, you have a situation of, well, I'm kind of bored with D&D, but I want to play something else, you know. It's so easy to step over the line into Everyday Heroes if you yep. play 5th Edition every week, because it's... Yep. 98 it's the percent. same game <laughs> yeah it really is it's have, the same game it have you met george <laughs> you yeah. and the heroes are super competent too which is really cool i mean i remember in, there was a session in our, our our game where one of the heroes jumped and flipped up over a car and swung down in and kicked the driver out the side it, it just it it didn't feel over the top. I mean, it was just, it's it's a really awesome, solid game. And you can affect those levels. It has built in, you could do way over the top. You know, we never run out of bullets. We have all this extra stuff that we, you know, we're untouchable. Or you can do super gritty mode where you have minimum health and you have all these things that can hamper you. So you can really emulate all the different genres that you want to. You could be escaping New York one week and you could be on 24 the next, you know. Yeah, 24 is a uh, 24 Die Hard. Those are the kinds of shows that are The Wire, like you could do yeah. The Wire with this really sure. well. Uh The Shield. Yeah. You know, I love my cop shows, yeah. but you know, this this allows you to do that whether it's small party and if you want to do like a one player. Can you imagine for those of us of a certain age doing Beretta or or just two players, Starsky and Hutch? I mean, the, like, you know, and I'm not talking about the comedy one that was garbage. I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> the show that was cool and, and uh, yeah. you know, you know, Fall Guy, all these, A-team. all of these things, A Team, uh, Night Rider, uh, Street Hawk, again for those of a certain age. You know, these are all the things that this game can let you get into, and I I'm here for it. Kevin mentioned that when he was a kid, he thought he would grow up to be Superman. I thought I was going to grow up to be Street Hawk. Like, I literally had a club with two of my friends, and we're like, we're going to be Street Hawk when we grow up. <laughs> Kevin, you're on the clock for our second pick in oh, the third round. Oh, gracious. Yes, I am indeed. Okay. This is a big pick for me, Kevin, because I got the next two, and my strategy already a little bit wonky, so you could – Destroy me here, or you could make it easy. So choose wisely, my friend. Goodness gracious, yeah. great balls of fire. Okay, here we go. Um, you know what? I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be honest. This this is probably gonna be my hardest pick right here, because of how I have everything else laid out. But I want to go with this one because I feel like again we need to just kind of get it out there. 
and make sure it gets accommodated the correct way. So I'm going to go with this to make sure it makes my list, even though there are other ones that I feel like I should jump on right now. We're going to do this right now. We're going to take a bite out of this pick, y'all. Okay. I like it. I expected this to actually go earlier. Oh, yeah, I was surprised myself. With our second pick in the third round, Kevin has jumped into his second genre, mm -hmm. going with a horror game. Oh. He has picked Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, okay. you dirty dog. Yes, you indeed. dirty dog. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you doth killed me. <laughs> you wound me. You wound me. <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade, of course, is... Um, it's, I mean, it really, realistically, it's the other game. You know what I mean? It's like there's D&D is out there. Everybody knows what that is. But Vampire the Masquerade has such a cult following that has permeated everyday structure and has permeated the game space. I mean, there's even people who have not played Vampire the Masquerade know what it is. Know of this. I don't dare say infamous, but this this persona, this mystique that it has about it, that it just, its reputation precedes it. It's a fantastic game that lets you as a player dig into the horror that is both external and internal. What I've always loved about Vampire the Masquerade, especially 5th edition, that is the newest incarnation that's out, uh, Kenneth Height's design with that to really have the hunger of the beast within and that struggle that you have to make sure that you... Don't lose your humanity actually feels like it's a palpable part of the game. Uh, so many times in horror games or supernatural type horror games, you have that kind of element where it just feels like it's a it's a, a number on your page. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. this was a hard pick for me because for this genre, I could have easily gone with two other games. I'm not going to try to uh, persuade anybody else's pick, but I could have easily have gone Call of Cthulhu here. I could have easily have gone with the new Alien RPG game here. But to me, Vampire the Masquerade is the game if I want to think about horror. Because, it, yes, it's got vampires, but it's also about what you at the table experience together. And it pushes those boundaries, and it pulls you back from it. Uh, absolutely. I've said this before. Vampire the Masquerade is the game that taught me how to role play dungeons and dragons taught me to be creative but vampire the masquerade's complicated dice mechanics made me not want to roll dice which allowed me to learn how to role play and how to be much more social at the table versus just what did i kill what did i yes. collect mm -hmm. it, it taught me how to think beyond just what was written on the sheet of paper and how to be a whole lot more involved I, like i said when you typed it in i thought this would go a lot earlier i'm su honestly surprised it made it all the way down to the third round yeah i am as well but yeah no it's it's a fantastic game i i uh i love it and i actually honestly don't have that much experience with it but i can honestly say it's a game that every time that i've been involved in a short campaign or a one shot i can tell you vividly whether it's from 20 years ago in my college days or it's you know at gen con two years ago or it's maybe in a couple of weeks when i play it again those experiences stick with me because it does it's a game that really to me it bridges that gap between the game and the player it really it, it, it you mm -hmm. are a part of those decisions you make 
Absolutely. Building on what Chris said, uh, I came into the world of darkness and that was going to be my next pick. Uh, the reason that Josh, Glenn, and I call ourselves storytellers today is because of playing World of Darkness. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you, you hurt me with that, sir. <laughs> I am wounded. I, I am wounded. Well, I will just lap that right up and enjoy that, so. <laughs> awesome. I will salt my soup with the, with your sweet, yeah. sweet tears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Michael, oh. third pick of the third round. You're on the clock, sir. So you did not pick what I thought you were going to pick, but yet you still completely upended my apple oh, cart. Oh, no. Um, Kevin, yeah, came to, so... Kevin came to win, y'all. You did. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my heart Uh-oh. and with my mind and with my soul. I'm going to throw all those away, and I'm going to just hit this button here. All right. Well, the, the pick is in. Uh, the third pick in the third round, uh, Michael has jumped into the genre category where he has picked masks. Oh, yeah. The new generation. Yeah, again, superheroes is my second Dang favorite it. RPG uh, genre. I absolutely love it. I, I started with Marvel Face Rip. Yes. It's still my favorite of all the superheroes, but it's not a very good game. I still love it. And I'm not a big fan of Power by the Apocalypse. I've said that many times. I know a lot of people love it. I don't connect with it, but I truly think Masks is the one game I have played. I know there's plenty I haven't, but it's the one game where those mechanics actually marry with what is happening in the narrative perfectly because you're playing young superheroes. Getting punched isn't the problem. It's does the person you like like you? Is it you letting down your mentor? Is it you not being the um, the person you want to be in front of someone who looks up to you? And it's basically young justice the game and I love young justice. So I absolutely, I, I got to play masks with the lead designer on our show a while back, plug, plug. And it was an amazing experience top to bottom, left to right. I highly encourage anyone. Again, if you're like me and you don't really get power by the apocalypse, try masks. It is fabulous. There is one other game of power by the apocalypse I particularly like, and it's on my short list. So I'm not going to say which one it is specifically, but Mass a new generation is a, an amazing experience at the table. If you love young superhero drama, again, young justice, the show, this is that in a game. Great pick. All right. Well, we are halfway through our draft. Time for the halftime show. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll pick this back up on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> now a word from our sponsors. It's Reverse Mortgages and Pepto. Please welcome to the field, Nicki Minaj and Justin Bieber. <laughs> and, uh, we'll just fast forward through that. Yeah. Show. How about the Rolling Stones and... <laughs> Fourth round. First pick, Michael, you're on the clock. Oh, it's already in. Oh, oh. he's ready. Oh. First pick here in our fourth round. Michael has jumped in and taken his second genre like he said he was going to. He has picked Call of Cthulhu. Of course, of course. That could have been my cornerstone pick. Yeah. Because for much like Vampire the Masquerade, for a whole swath of game players, that is their right. game. Yeah. Call of Cthulhu is the game for a lot of people who role play. It isn't my the game, 
but I've also had so many great experiences with Call of Cthulhu. I almost always try to play it at Gen Con if I can get into one or session. Uh, there's a group called U2 Can Cthulhu who came to the first Acaticon. They're, they do, they're based in Indianapolis or Indiana, and they run these like semi-LARP Call of Cthulhu games. They're some of the best games you will ever play in. And I mean, to a whole large pop percentage of the population, you say, don't look at anything. Don't, you know, don't read the book. Uh, and everybody knows what you're talking about. Now, personally, I think the actual HP Lovecraft for the person kind of a garbage human, but I cannot argue that he has inspired some amazing fiction. And the Call of Cthulhu game is for a type of game where you are the inspectors looking into mysteries, you're examining old houses, you're dealing with like locals who are secluded and you're the outsider, but you're trying to do good, but it's probably going to turn against you is absolutely a, a lovely game. And it's also the only one on my list that is a roll under mechanic. Um, and I just think that's an interesting and very fun version of the game. So I, I'm a big fan of limited Call of Cthulhu. I got to play an actual play once as a guest player. Absolutely loved it. So Call of Cthulhu is my fourth pick. Excellent. Very solid. Strong. Pick. Strong. Very solid, solid pick. All right. So now I got to sit back for yeah. a while and see if my last picks are still on the board. Yeah, I am mm-hmm. terrified and have nightmares. So as much as I enjoy it from a literature standpoint and a writer and content creator kind of standpoint and admire the creativity that goes into that genre, it is not a genre I I get I can live in long without like messing up my head. So I <laughs> I guess I ride a little too close to that line where the sanity where you're <laughs> stepping from. I'm investigating till I've gone over the edge and now I'm obsessed and 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 all in and become very weird. So I I uh, that is not a game I play. I've played often, but I have had a couple uh, one shots in it and found those to be very enjoyable. But they were all played at like ten in the morning, while the sun <laughs> was bright. Yeah. <laughs> and That's then late. I did something extraordinarily goofy afterwards, so I could right, kind yeah. of cleanse my head. A palate cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> well, talk about a game that has its mechanics really, really marry well with how your characters are supposed to feel. With the loss of sanity, you have a physical, palpable thing in front of you showing you are losing. You are running out of time. And that panic ramps up, and it's it's really, really cool to see. Excellent. Well, second pick, fourth round. Kevin, you're on the clock. No pressure. No pressure. Just wow us if you can. I think now's where things I'm get interesting. I'm about to get wild. Wild card! Okay. You're pulling that card. All right. I'm, I'm interested because I'm, I almost went wild card. I almost went there. Uh, but I didn't. I held off because I think my picks are safe. But we're about to find out. This wild card actually could have gone in a different category as well. But I'm putting it here at the wild card because it's another game that I really want on my list. Because how important I think it is. Second pick of the fourth round. As Kevin said, jumped into the wild card category. Where he has chosen City of Mist. Ooh. Yes. That has been on my short list for a long time, but I've never it, played it. Same. It's same. It's great. It's beautiful. It is another one of those systems powered by the apocalypse, uh, somewhat modified to fit the genre. It's a very unique, specific take on 
a investigation game. You are basically playing, for those who don't know, you are playing characters who are in a very noir-esque city that is shrouded by a strange mist that obscures the truth, which is that you all are bound to an ancient source, your uh, your mythos, you, whether it be you are the reincarnation of Sir Galahad, whether it be you wield Excalibur, whether it be you are an ancient Egyptian sun god who has been given mortal flesh, and you are in the city investigating crimes. And what's great with the Powered by the Apocalypse system is, and I will say this, and I mean this in as much of an objective manner as possible, there's certain things with Powered by the Apocalypse that I believe might have been what Michael was hinting at. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but one of the things I don't like about Powered by the Apocalypse in general is the idea of the clues being, let me ask these questions and you give me these answers, which to me feels less like role-playing and more like here's a bullet list of what I want to know. But City of Mist marries this well because City of Mist is a game where you are investigating, you are detectives, you are trying to find out what's going on with the mystery that is the mist. And so asking your, uh, your MC, hey, who's really in charge here? You know, what's really going on? What do I notice? It feels more organic that way, and it really adds to a very noir element with a montage effect, too, where you can have people do those in-between moments. You can keep the story moving, and the atmosphere of it is really great, and the art of it is really cool. The design of the books looks really, really smooth. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool game. I really dig it a lot. Yeah, it's on my short list. It's been there for a while. I need to get it to the table i have the box set a good friend of mine uh gave that to me uh over the over the summer yeah and actually gave me two got me into two games at the same time he got me um because he he wanted to play both he's also a semi forever dm so unless i'm dming him he never gets to play similarly uh me for him and uh so he got me got me into star trek uh uh adventures and he got me City of Mist. So when I decided uh, that I was going to s- start up Star Trek Adventures, I needed to dive deep into making sure I got that right. Especially once I, I was five minutes in, I'm like, I'm doing this on our show. Once I knew that, like, as a as a broadcaster, I have a higher uh, need to be in. So I, you know, investigated, talked to folks. We've actually interviewed some of the freelance, uh, one of the freelance writers, uh, and, and have talked, spent a lot of time talk, connecting with a lot of the super fans and and folks over at uh, Modifius to, to kind of really get um, uh, into the game. So City of Mist is kind of sitting there on the shelf saying, "Play me," and I really want to. I just haven't had that opportunity because. I just don't get to play all that much because I'm typically the forever uh, GM. So, you know, if anybody's out there, shameless plug, <laughs> if you are playing City of Mist and you happen to want a short guy, you know, you know uh, <laughs> of a certain age uh, to, to who's just going to be have fun at your table and, and, and learn have fun learning a new game. Hit me up, you know, hashtag call your boys TTJ. We uh, I, I, I'm all into getting a uh, City of Mist game on. Michael, that sounds like a sample adventure ready to happen right there. It, it does, actually. <laughs> it does. I was thinking the same thing. Not it. So, with that, we're on to the last pick in the fourth round. Lewanika, you're up. Boom. It's your time to shine. You've had some powerful picks before you. There were some really good ones. Yeah, let's not uh, 
the drop the ball, as the sport <laughs> ball players would say. Yeah. So, hmm, do I go with my indie darling? I'm saving my wild card for last. Nice. I'll, I'll, well, I'll, fair I'm, enough. I'm just gonna. I'm saving my wild card for last because I'm confident that at this point, my two options for wild cards are not going to be chosen. So I'm gonna have a tough choice mm-hmm. at the end. But bold, bold, that's very bold. Yeah. Mm. But, and I will be 100% honest, Scout's Honor, uh, whether or not that prediction comes true. I won't even shine you on. Uh, but for this pick, the contender, this is like the one I don't pick, I'm not going to get another chance at. And I. <sighs> oh, man. He's, you can't see this at home, everybody. He is having a hard time right now. He is really, yeah. Yeah. really I'm hurting. digging deep right here. It's, it's good. Let's get the fingers on the keyboard and let's get that pick in. Mm. So with a third pick in our fourth round, Lee Wanika has gone with his contender. Oh, okay. And this was a hard choice. I I think you knocked it out of the park because you got uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics. Ooh. Ooh. Which is one of everybody's favorite games to play at conventions because you don't really care if your character dies and you kind of yep. plan out it happening. Yeah. And when the GM hands you a stack of characters, you're like, I can do really crazy things. It's and... where everything's made up and the characters don't matter. <laughs> yes. I I, I got to tell you, this uh, this if we had recorded this episode two weeks ago, I could not have put this here because I would not have, other than knowing the name, I would not have played it. I have literally played one session. That same friend that got me STA and, uh, and, City, and City of Mist, he invited me. He's been inviting me for weeks and months to play DCC with him, and I finally had a free weekend the same time that he was playing, and so I came down to play and had an absolute blast. The fact that I was freed from the need to keep my character alive, and I could just go play a character and have fun, was so absolutely freeing. It was just liberating at the table and so much fun. Uh, and it was just everybody doing – and it was funny because there were some younger uh, players there, uh, both younger in age and newer to role-playing. Like I think they've only been doing it for a year or two. Uh, and I just love the fact that they were so paranoid. Like every little thing – well, three people died last time doing this. So it's like they're like every little thing was, uh, 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 you know, uh, check for traps, check this, check that. And, and my character's like – Let's go in. <laughs> you know, and, and I love it. it. It was just a great game. I think everybody should should be should be playing it. Um, you want a quick one shot or a quick short time thing or the game to come back to uh, when a couple people don't show up at your regular table. This is that palate cleanser game that you can do or, or that game that fills in those spots and uh, that's easy to easy to do. Yeah, I've mentioned that going to Gen Con that first year was a life changing event for me. And my DCC game at that first Gen Con was my favorite event of that Gen Con. I loved it. Nice. Well, fifth round, first pick. You're back on the clock, sir. No pressure. No pressure. You did great on that pick. I heard the keyboard already. Yeah. Quicker than the last time. Well, the last time I had the pick there. Uh, By the way, that was the pick that I had in the prime position and not the second position, but I was still debating which one I would go with. But uh, in this case, I've had this one kind of here the whole time. So I've been ready for this. Um, uh, I 
was trying to listen to where everybody else was going with their picks to see if somebody else was going to get here. And I felt relatively safe to waiting to the latter rounds for this one, not because it's a lesser pick, but because I think everybody else is kind of going other other ways with their picks and building their shelf, uh, their bookshelf. And uh, to me, this is just one of those things that I want on my bookshelf. It's played all the time at my local conventions that I go to the one, you know, next town over. There's at least two tables at that convention every single time. They run it three times a year, and uh, there's always three tables. If I have a player that I want and they don't come back to my table, it's because they're sitting at a table with this game. All right, the pick is in. The first pick in the fifth round. Liwanika has gone into the independent darlings category where he has chosen kids on bikes. Oh, fun. Good choice. Good choice. Specifically, the entire line, because my understanding is, and Michael, I don't know if you knew this, but you're going to be interested to hear this. Apparently, they either have that's just come out or it's about to come out or about to be Kickstarter. I'm not sure yet. I'm still doing a little research there, but they've got a kids on capes coming out soon. Mm. Oh, wow. And then and then there's a kids on sci-fi or, or space or something like that. There's a well. kids on brooms, which is like a Harry Potter yeah. sort of styled version. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very interested in the uh, kids on capes. Like, I think that would be pretty, pretty fun. This is not one I've gotten to play yet, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. I got to play kids on uh, bikes at Gen Con and I really liked the setup portion where you kind of go around the table and you answer, you roll on a table and that tells you which question you ask and you pick a player to ask that question. That's how you build like your, your intertwined backstory. And you also create the town that you're from. I don't actually like the mechanics of the game. Again, that's a personal thing for me. I just didn't like how that worked, but I did like all the setup but not the actual mechanics. So, like I said, if I lose players to a game at my local convention, because we have a, a convention, they do uh, basically proceeds go to a local charity, uh, various really good causes, um, but uh, there's usually anywhere from 12 to 20 tables, um, and uh, sometimes less, depending, during pandemic, it was virtual, it's back to live now, and there's always two or three kids on kids on bikes ta- uh, tables, and I know some of my best players um, that I have fun, they will go to those tables if they happen to be open fairly frequently, so, you know, I'll have them two or three set- sessions a year, but I invariably one of those sessions a year, they're, they're playing on the kids on, so the fact that some really solid role players that really love these games that I know and respect their their choices and their st- play style really like the game that informs me a lot now like I said um I this is the pick that was going to make me a liar because it's the mm. it's one that I have no familiar like I haven't played this at all everything else I either own and have read or have played at least once or, or have at least prepped a game at least once this is the one that I have no direct familiarity with other than what they've talked like what you basically what you mentioned I know about the building the setup of the game and that to me is what my show talks about all the time collaborative world building and mechanics to collaborative collaborative world build oh yeah i'm all in like that i i you know it's a game that um is on my short list of things to buy simply so i can have those mechanics to reference so i can steal Mm -hmm. those mechanics to build some other game in some other system because you can't get engagement better than collaboratively building building it at the table with your folks i mean i built a game just to do that very thing 
and one of my favorite games. I can't wait till I get it in my hot little hands. <laughs> plug, 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 action, plug, plug, plug. Now on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, Kickstarter, we, we funded. <clears throat> Hitting stretch goals. <clears throat> I just love the fact that I that you added the needle drop mechanic because I, yep. I feel somewhat personally responsible for that. Oh, no, I, you were 100% I, responsible I'm the for one that. that actually broke out in song. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And that was so much fun. I'm like, how can we make this happen more often? You incentivize it. Yeah. So there you go. Nice. Yeah. So this is getting a little, little weird because like the last three or four have been on my list various places. So I'm getting a little worried because I got two picks coming up and then I'm done. So Kevin, once again, your decision here might make my job easier or harder. So choose well, my friend. Yeah. Second pick in fifth round. Kevin, you're on the clock. Get those fingers a tapping on the keyboard. Okay, well, I gotta be honest. This uh, this is not a hard pick. It was whether or not I was gonna make this my wild card pick or not. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, if it'll send when I push enter, you gotta be on the right screen. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with this. This is technically a little bit of a cheat, and that's why I was thinking about putting it on the wild card spot. I mean, strategy is part of the game here. We we are having fun, but we're also trying to win. So. Won't argue with a solid strategy, unless it screws me. So we'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a second how I feel about it. Yeah, that's second pick on our fifth round. Kevin has gone into the indie darling category and gone with Lady Blackbird. Oh, I've heard nothing but great things about this uh, game. Same. Literally, I am in love with this game. Um, it is a game that when I first... Heard about then this is why it's a bit of a cheat because it's not a published book or it's not something you can actually physically put on your bookshelf unless you print it up. It is a game that John Harper has made. It's on a, a website, ladyblackbird.org, as well as seven one uh, one seven designs, his website. But it is a game, it's a micro game. It is a game that's designed a one-shot or mini short campaign. Uh it's got pre-generated characters. However, there's a catch to them. They're pre-generated concept type characters and you can customize them during play. You can, as you play, you can accumulate points in a world that is basically a steampunk, sky pirates type of setting. You are trying to get a noble who has escaped to her secret lover out in the remnants, which is like the weird, uh, you know, piratey kind of aspect. And you play these... Uh, rough and tumble, um, miscast heroes. You know, if you like Firefly, if you like Star Wars, if you like these types of things where Cowboy Bebop, these kinds of things, it's that same kind of feel, the same kind of genre. And it's really cool. It's super easy to play. Anybody can dive right in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great game. I love it. I've run it several times. No two games have been the same, even though it's a pre-established, uh, setup of, You've all been captured. You're on the enemy ship. You have to escape and get Lady Blackbird where she's supposed to go. It it can go anywhere from there. We've had games that have been, you know, one session and it's just crazy balls to the wall. We've had ones that have been a little short, four or five session type of things where the characters evolve and there's stories. And uh, it, it's a cool game. I really like it a lot. And, you know, John Harper is, is a master of the field out there. And, you know, this is no exception. This is like the first game that really put him on the map some years ago. And uh, I literally, I love it. I love it. Had to be on my list, even if it's a little bit more obscure. I, I have a 
photocopy printed version in my Catacon library in our little RPG section because I've heard, again, I've not played it, but I've heard nothing but wonderful things. So I wanted to make sure it was available to people to play at a Catacon, but I have yet to get it to the table. But again, I'd be up for changing that if there's anyone around here, <clears throat> Kevin, who would like to oh, run it for snap. me. Oh, snap. I think I could definitely make that happen. Sample adventure it is. All right, Michael. The third pick in the fifth round. You, sir, are on the clock. Okay, things have gotten wet and woolly here. I can see yeah, the sweat he's... on your forehead. Like, you are, like, I right into this. It's exciting. This is going to be controversial. Okay. All right. Uh, I think there's going to be some fighting in the street. The forums are going to flame over what I'm going to mm-hmm. do right now. Have your cornerstone and your wild card left. Oh, if he puts up, I'm going to write it here, Chris, because I want you to know that if I'm right about what he's going to pick... <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let, I'm ready, but I'll let you type yours in. If if that's what he picks, I'm gonna. You're gonna call me a prophet. <laughs> Third pick in the fifth round. Michael has put it in, and you are not a prophet, sir, because he did go the cornerstone category, but he went with Pathfinder Two. I'm assuming that means second edition. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. There, yeah. There's a new version of Pathfinder. Now I've said many, many times Pathfinder is not my favorite version of D and D, but it seems to be my kids. Uh, they got to be in an after-school RPG club for several months. They played an extended campaign, and they played Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and they loved it. Absolutely loved playing. They loved hanging out with their friends. It was a great first experience. Then last year, I got to take them to the first time we ever went to a convention together. Uh, it was at Lexicon in Lexington, I the people who run that have been very kind and friendly to me. We have helped each other with our conventions. I promote for them. They promote for me. I give them free badges to mine. They give me free badges to theirs. So I got to go with my kids for the first time I'd ever took them to a convention. We went to that one. And then my good friend, Joe, who again, I mentioned on the show, was like one of the first people I played d with when I was a kid. He now has a younger son who's a little bit younger than mine who's all about role, playing role-playing games. So they came down. And we got to play in a Pathfinder 2nd Edition game. It was basically me and Joe and our kids. And it was a very special moment for me. Uh, The GM did an exceptional job of managing new young players and kind of a noise issue. I love Lexicon, but they're more of a board game than an RPG convention, and they don't have a great setup for it. It was very loud. It was hard to hear. It was also during COVID. So uh, Joe's son was wearing a mask and made it very difficult to hear on top of all the other things going on. And I actually wrote a very kind letter to both Lexicon and to the Pathfinder Society because our GM was an amazing GM in that environment. Absolutely loved it. So I've got to play Pathfinder 2nd Edition a few times. It is the more story version of Pathfinder. It it has cut out some of that 3.0, 3.5, or some might say 3.75 roots. It's added in more story elements, but it also keeps some of that complexity. So if you're someone who enjoys working within the math and finding good builds and trying to find like almost like uh, synergies, like this class and this power or this ability, those are still in there. But you've got a little bit more narrative play from my experience and it's just a solid game and for a lot of people again organized play they dominate right now i almost feel like dnd has sort of stepped out of the organized play genre they don't even really go to gen con anymore for that and pathfinder paizo has stepped in and they are crushing it right now so for a cornerstone i don't think maybe other than 5e there's a better choice than pathfinder second edition I really love that pick. I'm glad you didn't pick the pick that I 
uh, that I had because when you said controversial, I thought you were going mm. with what I had. I'll leave that in case you throw that in later. But um, I, <laughs> I got one more pick. Oh, the wild card. Left. Yeah, but uh, I got to tell you, count that wild card. Pathfinder. I, I I love that pick. It's not a game I've got a chance to play. It is a game that I am slowly. I picked up a, hum, a humble bundle. I'm slowly getting more and more stuff. It is something I want to get into. And you're right. Uh, Watsi has left the uh, the Adventure League game uh, to, to flounder. They don't uh, that I'm aware of, at least from my local stores. It's not supported. Nobody really does that anymore. That's how I started playing 5e. That's how I learned the game. I'm like, I'll just play the official stuff and and learn that. And the one thing I know about Pathfinder is their adventure paths are amazing. Like everybody I hear is their adventure paths are amazing. Yeah, really and I've are. had advice like. If you are at a loss for what you want to do within your campaign, grab one of their adventure paths and make it a major story arc within your homebrew campaign and just bend it to your world and your players will not regret any decision you make during that time. Well, you, you'll love it because uh, since you like third edition, you'll be ready to fill that huge giant duffel bag back up and you know carry it around with you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Uh, well, I I buy tons of Pathfinder stuff like their flip maps yeah. maps when it, when it, uh, whenever I'm playing live I've got a boatload of their flip maps like uh, other DMs when I go to the conventions because I tend to come in with my crate of mm-hmm. maps it's like hey do you have a map for such and such I got three yeah, nice you know I now have a point where I've got like a binder with uh, all my maps for various different things and it's all Pathfinder the, the, what they do to fill out their world and populate their world and present options for gms to do cool things and options for players to uh interact with the game is amazing well gentlemen we're getting into the final round where things are going to be touchy michael you have your wild card left kevin you have your contender left and lee waniqua you have your wild card left but the first pick goes to michael you're on the clock, sir. You know what? It's it's been a wild ride, and I will. This has been on my list. This was in my, one one of my wild card spots. Did not expect to take it, and I don't have to take it. I have other things that technically might be higher on my board, but I feel like, based on where everyone is, I think this is the pick. I think this is the pick that sends me over the top. I think this is the pick that makes me a winner with a bullet. Not having heard either of your two last picks, we shall see. Bold, bold, very state. bold. I like very the confidence. Bold. So we know this is wild card because it's all I have left. Well, with that last pick for Michael in that wild card section, he has picked fate, but specifically the atomic robo fate. Okay, so said it many times on the show. I reading the fate core book changed the way I look at role-playing games. Just reading that book made me a better player and by far made me a better Dungeon Master Game Master. But I've never actually played in a Fate game that I truly loved. I just There's something about the mechanics that just didn't sit with me. But I, I tell everyone, I've said it many times on the show, buy that book and read it. Just read it if nothing else. But specifically, the Atomic Robo, to this date, has I have yet to see the surpassed does the best job of explaining the rules by using the Atomic Robo comic book. 
or the graphic novel. If you're not familiar, it is a hilarious, long-running comic. It's well worth reading on itself. And the team that worked on that, specifically Mike Olson, who was like the fate person, a friend of the show, been on the show before. I actually got to play in an Atomic Robo game with him. Took panels from the comic that expressed how the rules would work narratively in play. So like as they're trying to explain, this is how you would, you know, do an overcome or add an, an uh, aspect to the game and so on and so forth. They would take strips or sometimes multiple comic panels of an existing atomic robo comic. And it's like, okay, I get now how that rule would actually look narratively in the game. Highly, highly recommend reading the book. If nothing else, the atomic robo in comic is just worth reading on its own. And I think the atomic robo fate is for my money, the best version of fate. Nice. Excellent. All right, Kevin. Sixth round, second pick. You're on the clock. Yeah, you uh, you did. I'll be honest. You stole my original contender when you took Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. That was what mm-hmm. I had on my sheet already written down. So this contender is one that is coming in from a different spot that I had and slamming uh-huh. into the contender because I believe in it that much. All right. Second pick in the sixth round. Filling out Kevin's contender category. We have Age System, also known as the Adventure Game Engine. Mm, Yes. And I'm talking about the system in general because it does spawn several different uh, formats out there. First created for Dragon Age role-playing game. The Age System went on to be Fantasy Age. There's a Modern Age. There is all these different other... Blue Rose also uses the Age System. They actually have a... I don't want to call it a second edition because it's not. It's a core rulebook version of Fantasy Age. It's coming out soon. Um, It's one of those systems like Savage Worlds. And Savage Worlds only really kind of beat it up out of that position because of the fact that it is such a widespread and accepted title. Um... The age system has that same type of approach of it's narrative, it's quick, it's cinematic. As you play your characters, which are pretty basically built, there's not a lot of let's take forever to build characters. You can jump right in. Uh, There's only a couple core classes, but there's lots of archetypes that you use from there. The age system has a really unique mechanic. You roll in three D6s, one of which is a different color. If you roll doubles, whatever the number is on that other color die, you get a stunt points, and that's where the game really shines. You can use stunt points to do extra damage, knock enemies off of bridges, uh, find out more clues in the investigation, uh, you know, get double bonuses with powers, whatever you want to call it. But it's it's a great system for what I like about role playing, which is you have your narrative role play, R O L E play, and your role play, R O L L play are married together by the stunting and by the way that your character is. You can have entire encounters that are really just going to be emphasized and focused by your stunting and how it plays in, but the game isn't crunchy in a way that it's hard to get into. Um, As I'm sure we have guessed by the way I've been talking, I'm into more rules-light systems, but systems that have enough crunch to make you feel like you're playing a game, and I feel like Age System does that really well. Um, it's a solid system, and I I feel like if it was a little more widespread, had a couple of different other uh, IPs maybe attached to it, I think it could be far and wide a contender for the big guns, so to speak, out there. But yeah, I really enjoy Fantasy Age. Uh, again, plug plug up. We ran a session on our show with 
Chris Pramus, the lead designer, running it. Yeah, I played with Chris before. Great guy. Yeah, he it was a it was a great venture too. It was really fun. I also really like the stunt system. Uh, my one drawback there is that y- you can sometimes get like analysis paralysis. Like, what's oh, the yeah. best way to use my stunt points? So I think having a go to like if you can't think of anything else, just mm-hmm. do extra damage is just a good tip for that game. But yeah, I I would happily play a lot more Fantasy Age if I had the opportunity to. Good pick. Uh, the stunts reminds me of a game that I've played a lot where when you roll dice, you can have, uh, well, call them advantages <laughs> mm-hmm. to help you with things, or you can roll the opposite. You know, have things that are a little more threatening, mm-hmm. we'll call it, mm-hmm. but you can still succeed and fail in those. But so I don't want to say the name in case that's Lee Winika's last pick. Go with your gut. What does your gut say first? If your gut's arguing, roll a die. My gut's going to go with what is already on my shelf here at home. Uh, of all the games that we've talked about today, I have more of these than any other game system because there are more of these books than probably any other game system. It's a game I've been playing since the 80s. It, it is... Uh, uh, it very similar to a discussion we had about a certain author where they were not necessarily the human that you really want it, you, you, you like, but what they, what the stories that came from that person actually ended up being something that we could do something with. We take out the elements we don't like, and we have some brilliant storytelling. I feel that way about this pick. I'm not a big fan of the way that person manages their company. Uh, but I absolutely love his games. The, the stories that can be told with this game system uh, and all of its iterations are absolutely categorically and fundamentally brilliant. Well, the pick is in and I see it. And I can tell you right now, I too have played a few of these versions and play them for many years. So with the last pick in our 2023 Best RPG Bookshelf Draft, Leewanika has picked the Palladium games, which Ooh. includes things like Robotech, which I've played, Rifts, played it, Heroes Unlimited, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was and other so strangeness. broken. <laughs> yeah, and yes. other strangers. Yes. Uh, there are other games that have come from Palladium Games, but this is actually one I can now cross off my list because this mm-hmm. is one I actually thought would go earlier. It's interesting to put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because most people that I talk to have never played this version. I actually played a Road Warrior version of this. Love that. Post-apocalyptic. It was a Mad Max type thing. Everybody was some sort of mutant animal. And I played a badger who... I think we just didn't understand the rules because I had such a high dodge. I could dodge machine gun bullets. <laughs> yeah. It didn't matter. I just kept dodging. Nope, nice. you can't hit me. <laughs> and we played it about three sessions and went, well, your character's broke. Let's play something else. I love this game system, and it is absolutely broke. I think the conceit of the entire system is the world is not fair. And <laughs> there are things you can do that you that nobody else can touch you with. Similarly, you can walk around a corner and you will face something you will never be able to build your character to beat. And I think if you accept that conceit 
and you accept the conceit that if you are coming from a fantasy world into rifts, unless you learn really fast, you're a dead person. Uh, and, and there's no balance in the game. Uh, you know, power creep is a word that never factored into anything they did. Uh, if the newest book is more powerful, your character better learn how to pick up that weapon or pick up that armor or whatever the case may be. Um, but uh, what I love about the Palladium system is, despite the challenges, like I said, with the company, their terrible uh, uh, wait times on their new products, and when they tell you something's coming out, and when it actually comes out, i.e., I pre-ordered something in 2017 that is still not out, and they produced other books before it, mm. um, you know, and by the way, I pre-ordered that by accident. I hit a button I didn't mean to, and my money went. Uh, and uh, so I don't even know if that book will ever come out, uh, you know, but it is what it is. But I can tell you the definitive best version of Robotech in any role-playing game I've ever played, Palladium. The definitive best version of Supers that I've ever played, Heroes Unlimited. Uh, you know, uh, they ju Ninjas and Super Spies, until I dug into... Um, uh, Black Cat Games, uh, the spy game, and now what I plan to do with Everyday Heroes. the uh, And so for 30, almost 40 years, the definitive spy action genre game was Ninjas and Super Spies. Uh, I, the fact that they have so many definitive games and the fact that when they put out their books, the story, the timeline advance within their products, so you have this rolling story that your characters can play through, I had to put it. I I had. I just had to put it there. It, like I said, I have more of these books on my shelves than than anything else, and I still have plans. Like I pick up at least three a year. Uh, I don't. I'm not actively playing in a game right now, but I still pick up these books because they're that good. Nice. All right. I've never played any Palladium. Unfortunately, games, I have so. nothing to add because I'm not really familiar with them. So. Well, that is all the picks on this Ooh, draft. We did it. So. Now it's up to social media to help us determine who has the best draft and i'll do a quick recap so i'll start with uh liwanika oh you took dungeons and dragons third edition and 3.5 you took the star trek adventures everyday heroes the dungeon crawl classics uh kids on bikes and then your last pick was palladium games it's good kevin, kevin you grabbed fifth edition dungeons and dragons Mutants and Masterminds, Vampire the Masquerade, City of Mist, Lady Blackbird, and then the Age System or Adventure that's Game. That's a solid engine. list, y'all. It's a solid list. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good shelf. It, it, it's, that is it's a good, a good shelf. shelf. Michael, you grabbed Savage Worlds, Dread, Masks the Next Generation, Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder Second Edition, and then the Fate System specifically. <sighs> The atomic Man, robo Michael, that's good shelf, guys. That's a good shelf. Yeah. You guys have uh, solid, shelves. solid shelves. Uh, it's up to everybody to help us decide who's got the best bookshelf. Yep. And uh, just like to thank everyone for participating. Chris, thank you so much for being our commissioner. And Absolutely. then just a call out to the, all the various audiences that will be listening to this. Did you enjoy this format? I know I certainly did as a participant. If so, let us know. Maybe we can do another. Maybe we, we revisit this in the future. Or there's a, other uh, versions of this we could do, other like board games or the like. So we'd love to hear from you on feedback on this show type. So Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thanks so, for having us do this. This was awesome. A lot of fun. A lot of great yeah. games. Awesome. 
I really appreciate the invitation. I loved the conversation. Uh, it really got me jazzed. You know, it doesn't take a lot. I'm a gamer, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, but, but hearing about these games and hearing everybody talk about them, it just reminds me of how many cool things are in so many good games. Um, Despite the fact that I have the greatest shelf here, wood, um, I will say this. I would not consider myself uh, a failure if I had any of the other shelves either. I'm Chris Berlew. Like I said, I, I can be found on the Redemption uh, podcast. It's a Star Wars actual play. Uh, we did wrap up our eighth, ninth season, whatever it was. We were moving from that to over to a streaming platform. We're going to be streaming shows and having a little more fun with it. You can also catch me on several different shows over at the RPG Academy. And I'm pretty easy to talk in to join another podcast to play games, too. So there's other shows I've been on. Uh, it's not hard to twist my arm. I'm, I'm pretty easy to get convinced to come play games. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, Twitter is usually the easiest. Uh, it's Burlu underscore Chris because there's a ton of other Chris Burlus in the world, uh, some of whom I actually follow. So if you want to follow me, jump on Twitter. Uh, I usually tell people I don't always answer the same day, but I'll check it every now and then. Uh, we'll go right around the table like we did earlier. So, Lee Winiko, please give us your social media and where you can be contacted and all that other stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Uh, again, I'm Lee Wanika. I hail from Tabletop Journeys. I'm one of three co-hosts, along with my lifelong friends and partners, Josh Newton, Glenn Myers. Uh, we can be found, our show can be found at our, uh, on any podcast platform, Tabletop, one word, Journeys. Um, and our website is uh, www.tabletop, I'm sorry, www.ttjourneys.com. Uh on the website, you can get playlists, all of our interviews, or GM tips, or player tips, uh, our our um, our actual plays are known as field trips on our show. We borrowed that from a great show that we know. Uh, <laughs> and it's a good title. Yeah, it's a great title. I, you know, I don't know who came up with it, but brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, so we have all our actual plays there, and we uh, you know we do a lot of really good things and. Uh, We'd love to have you listen to the show. We can be found on Twitter at TT Journeys. Uh, and I personally am on Twitter. Uh, much longer name. Best way to find me is really to just go through TT Journeys. Um, and we're also on Facebook, Tabletop Journeys. You can find us on Facebook. We have a, a great community there. And we're building our, our Discord as well. So if you hit the website, that's where you see all of our links. And... Uh, uh, we really look forward to hearing from all of you about this and anything else you want to yap about. Awesome. Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm Kevin, and I found online at Kevran Games on all the different socials. I am the host and the game master of the Game Night Heroes podcast, an audio play narrative podcast that has actually played uh, quite a bit of the games we've talked about tonight. So if you want to come check that out, please do. Um, I am also found on Murder Hobo Inc. every other Saturday. I play in a couple different characters on our post-apocalyptic type 5th edition games. I'm also to be found currently on the uh, Guild Superior stream on twitch we're playing in a mothership game and also we just started a new Ovarden game which is a really cool new setting and uh there's lots of other things that we do too i have been on rpg academy before most recently play through with michael with action 12 cinema which was a lot of fun we had a blast mm -hmm. doing that and um yeah uh, this was a mega blast i appreciate you guys inviting me it was really great to 
hammer this all out. And of course, remember to vote for the best list, of course, which was mine. So thank you all so very much. Appreciate it. All right, Michael, round us up. All right. So again, I'm Michael. You can find pretty much everything I do at the RPG Academy. I'm still most active on Twitter. Uh, you can go to the website on all the podcasting platforms. We have so many different show types. It's kind of dumb how many we have, but yeah, we keep doing them. We have actual plays. We have interviews with designers. We have GM theory. We have a show where we talk about crowdfunding campaigns. But right now, the biggest thing I want to plug, plug is my game, Action 12 Cinema. It is on Kickstarter right now. We funded last night, late last night, before I went to bed, we funded. Uh, we are making our way slowly towards our first stretch goal. We still have two weeks to go as of recording, probably about a week and a half by the time you're listening to this. And I have, I think we'll at least get to one of the stretch goals, if not a couple of them. We're looking to get some more art. Uh, this is literally a dream come true for me. So uh, you would definitely help make my dreams come true and, uh, you know, make them even bigger and better possibly uh, with your support. So vote with your wallet for my game. Vote with your Twitter for my bookshelf. Nice. Well played, everybody. Excellent. Well, yes. I had a great time, everybody. Thank you very much for letting me be the commissioner slash host. Very good job. And good job. Good yeah, job, commissioner. Good job. Yeah. Commissioner. Give it up for the commissioner. Yeah. Everybody that's listening, jump out there and vote for the best. <laughs>